It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT, a Wednesday night, and for the first time, not in Steiner's Pub for, you know, I mean, it's been eons. Haven't missed a Wednesday there. Had to uh, work on some things, personal things, so next Wednesday I will be back at Steiner's, but we're going to reschedule this Wednesday. We're going to make it a Wednesday, Thursday, the night before March Madness starts up, and then that first day of March Madness, that first Thursday, KT will be at Steiner's Pub right there, 1750 North Buffalo. And, of course, one of three in the Vegas Valley to serve you. So come on down and enjoy a full day of college basketball with Ken Thompson. That'll be a lot of fun. You know how I love March Madness. And the big tournament gets underway. That is March 21st on that Thursday. So that'll be a makeup day for today. But you know what? Doesn't stop you from going into Steiner's tonight. Hang out there. Uh, again, beef stroganoff night on Wednesday. Great appetizer specials, of course. And they've got the best happy hour, which actually just concluded. It's 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, where you get breaks on the appetizers. And then you also get uh, two-for-one well drinks, two-for-one domestic beers. So just plan your rides accordingly because it is one heck of a happy hour. All the games are on. You've got the gaming going on up there as far as uh, the machines with the video kino, video poker. You'll get to see the lit-up marquee, which will show you which machines have hit, what the jack pots were and what number machine it was and uh, what day it was so you'll be able to kind of focus in sometimes those machines stay hot for a little bit uh there was one week i saw one machine uh must have hit like seven or eight times that same machine so people of course hoping to get a crack at it in the uh, 24 hours remember all three starters pubs are 24 hours a day you've got to be 21 and older to get in there the menu is out of this world prices are reasonable to say the least and of course you've got so many different options and uh, KT just loves it there. Chicago Bill will meet me back there next Wednesday. Hope you can make it out there as well. As, again, 1750 North Buffalo, the other two, 8410 West Cheyenne. That's the original now in their 25th year. And also in between Mandalay Bay and South Point on the Boulevard, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South right there at Windmill. That one also has been around for a while, but that is the youngest of the three, I believe. And uh, we will get things rolling. Tonight we've got a great show in store for you. Producer Mark Hoke. In the house here at PSR Law Studios. And Mark, of course, uh, does a great show. Uh, it is Sunday mornings. It is the best in professional wrestling. If you like professional wrestling, you will love the Mark Hoke Show because there's a lot of information that comes across there. And he follows all the different divisions and different, uh, you know, groupings and whatnot. And, and you know, you got WWE. I mean, Mark will explain it all. But he's got just a great following. And follow him at Mark Hoke Show on X and Hoke, H-O-K-E. Ken Thompson at Ken Thompson 87. There's no P in Thompson at Ken Thompson 87 at Sports X Radio. Follow the show as well on X that way. Again, 6 to 8, Monday through Friday, right here, 101.5 FM in Vegas. That, of course, K-Dawn. And then we stream live on the Worldwide Odyssey app. It is A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can download it. It is free. And there are so many shows and podcasts on there that you will just be blown away with all the great programming on Odyssey. And we always start things off Sports X Radio just like this. 
now, the starting five. Number one. All right, going to go right to it because VGK, man, they got back on track last night. Let's hope it keeps going. But this is a big-time win because they got pummeled over here by Toronto. Remember, they lost their last four home games before they went on this five-game roadie. They got a point out of the game in Ottawa, but then they had to go to Toronto, and it didn't look good. You know, the Maple Leafs playing really well, and the Golden Knights not playing well at all. But they jumped all over the Maple Leafs in the second period, got three goals, got three more in the third, and win the game 6-2 to two handily. That is a big-time win. Marcheseau had a couple goals and an assist. William Carlson had a goal and an assist. And how about good to have old Shea Theodore back, three assists, Aiden Hill between the pipes, 30 shots on goal. He faced two he let by, but 28 saves. We'll take it in a 6-2 route of Toronto. VGK back on track, 31 shots on Samsonov, and uh, got five past him, and, of course, the empty netter, but uh, that is big time. 6-2, VGK, routes Toronto, back on track in Beantown tomorrow night. Can they make it two in a row on the road? I think they may be able to. We'll see. It's a Boston Bruins team just coming back off a road trip all the way out west, so they could be a little tired themselves. Go Knights, go. Number two. All right, to the men's hardwood we go, and college basketball, UNLV. It was one of those games that you knew was going to be nip and tuck. And I'll tell you what, the odds makers had it right because it was an ugly game, but UNLV was favored by five and a half. And it looked for all intents and purposes, not only was Wyoming going to cover, they had a chance to win on the money line. Crazy sloppy play inside the last minute by UNLV. They give up the game-tying bucket, and then they avoid disaster and end up going into overtime. They had the ball with about 5.8 seconds to go in regulation with the game tied up after a turnover, and they turn it over again when they step out of bounds on the inbounds pass, but they were able to sidestep any uh, further damage there in regulation. Got it to OT, and not only do they win in OT, they win, and if you backed them, you get the cover by the hook. They win it by the old half a point as they win the game by a score of six, uh, 75 to 69 was the final there. And uh, Rob Welly Jr., he stepped up big time. He had seven of his nine points in the overtime. He was the one that actually stepped out of bounds on that sideline when he caught the pass with 5.6 seconds to go. And that gave Wyoming that last crack in regulation. But they were able to, like I said, avoid further damage in regulation. They win it 75-69, outscoring the Pokes in the extra session 14-8. to Caleb Boone had 24 points. He had six of those in overtime as well. That is a big-time win. They are now 10-5 and in the conference, the running Rebels. They go to 17-10 and overall. And uh, another big game coming up on Saturday. So we will keep things rolling. And then, of course, Tuesday, they've got that game against San Diego State at home. So that is going to be big time. Uh, tell you what, these Rebs, they're going to close in Reno. And anything goes, man. I mean, they are still just a game out of first place. Somehow, Utah State found a way to get a game into overtime last night and stay in first place. But that is a look as far as the men's basketball. UNLV gets the win 75-69 to in OT at Laramie. Number three. All right, the game coming up in just a little bit. That'll be UNLV, the Lady Rebs. And I think maybe, I'm trying to think, yeah, it starts in a little bit. Okay, so that game will go in 17 minutes from now at the Cox Pavilion. UNLV under Lindy LaRock, of course. Uh, they just keep taking care of business. And 24-2 uh, and two overall, 14-1 and one in the Mountain West. And 38 of the last 39 they have won in Mountain West play. Just a three-point loss to New Mexico. So, coming to calling. 10-5 in the conference, 19-9 overall, looking for win number 20, the Lady Broncos from Boise State. 
I don't think they're going to get it. UNLV is a big-time favorite. Minus 20.5 if you're going to play the gals. 132.5 is your total from Cox Pavilion. Let's just get the W. Take care of business. Meanwhile, Iowa, as far as ladies basketball, they are back in action. Number six, Hawkeyes, Lady Hawkeyes, with Caitlin Clark, has 15 of the first 22 points for Iowa. And they're off to a quick 22-8 lead at Minnesota. And that is a look at ladies college basketball. Number four. All right, let's just go right to it. I mean, baseball is here, pitchers and catchers, all that good stuff. That was a little bit ago, but what do we have going on now? Yes, we've got preseason baseball. And the Dodgers, they are the favorite. There is no question. They were so busy, of course, getting Shohei Otani. And uh, also, Yashinibo Yamamoto. That's right. We remember this Japanese phenom. How good a pitcher is this guy? Well, he gets his first taste of action today in Arizona. Two innings pitched. Zero runs, one hit. That was a race with a double play and three strikeouts in just the two innings. That was against defending world champion Texas Rangers. Rangers won the game 6-4, to four, but no big deal. It's a bright spot for that Dodger pitching staff that could be out of this world, along with a lineup that may score 10 runs a game. I mean, I'm joking, but that, that is some type of lineup. And uh, Dodgers looking to be the big-time favorite. And we'll just see. If they can stay healthy, there is no doubt that this team will be well on their way in the postseason. Will they be the number one seed? We don't know. Atlanta's another team right there, at least on paper, that looks to be right there with the Dodgers, especially with that Braves pitching staff. But that is good news for L.A. fans as Yamamoto looks sharp in his opener. Number five. All right, and then number five, we're going to go back to the hockey, okay? So this is a little bit different. Remember, it was a couple weeks ago that I reported that some ex-hockey Team Canada players were possibly in a lot of trouble for a sexual assault. Well, all five of them, Dylan Dubé, Cal Foote, Alex Formanton, Carter Hart, and Michael McLeod, and you'll recognize some of those names because four of them are in the NHL. The other one plays in Switzerland. They're all going to be tried together. And we will keep an eye on this. This happened back in June of 2018. One of the gals consensual sex with one of the players, but then apparently the other four guys came in the room sometime in the next several hours. And uh, there are major things going down there. This was uh, all an investigation conducted by London police initially back in 2019 without any charges being brought forward. But after bringing it back out, after a settlement apparently was made by Team Canada, now there are charges and there will be a case and there will be a trial. So we'll keep an eye on these guys. Dubé plays for the Flames, hard, of course, for the Flyers. Foot and McLeod are on the Devils. And then uh, Formanton, who was on the Senators, now plays in Switzerland. But all five guys will be going to trial, trying to clear their name. We'll keep an eye on this one as we go forward. And that is a look at the starting five. Ken Thompson again, PSR Law Studios, uh, back at Steiner's next Wednesday. And then the makeup day for tonight from Steiner's will be Thursday, that opening March Madness Day with the big dance getting underway. And that will be, of course, March 21st. And I'll be at Steiner's most of the day because those games get going at like 9.30 in the morning. But I'll probably get out there by noon and hang out all day. So come on down and see me hang out with me. And uh, I'll buy some appetizers, some drinks for some of the people that get out there and uh, hang out and watch basketball with me during the day. But PSR Law Studios is where I am tonight. And Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, I am there 
uh, every single week. So Panis J and Ravaputi, the best in personal injury in uh, Southern California for a long time. Year number five here in the Vegas Valley. $5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last five years for their clients. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. May not need them now, may need them in the future. Jot it down for the best in personal injury. You know the 702 area code for Vegas, 560. 560- 5520, 560-5520, All right, let's jump at some of the scores, and we'll take a break. Come back, of course, with Mark Lawrence tonight and Andy Isco. Hour number two, Arthur DeCesar, Westgate Superbook. Looking like I'm going to have Arthur come in on Friday to go over that big college basketball card on Saturday. Let's go and see what we have here as far as scores. Now, there were some travel problems for... New Orleans after they left Madison Square Garden. But they're hanging in there. They have fought back in this game. They were down 18. They're down 7 right now. Three minutes to go in the third. Indiana 83. New Orleans 76. Grizzlies lead the T-Wolves in Minnesota 53-50 at the half. Mavs taking care of business 101-88 over Toronto. Still a minute 29 to go. Third quarter north of the border. At the half, Cavs lead the Bulls. Boy, they won it on a beauty last night by Max Struess, right? Uh, just crazy from... Uh, I'm trying to think if, yeah, did they win it or did they lose it? I'm trying to remember that game. All I know, Struess nails about a 60-footer to get the W there. Kings lead the Nuggets out of the gate, four minutes in, 13-7. And then the late game, battle of the City of Angels, Lakers and the Clippers. Clips minus two, 236. I'll be paying attention to that one. Meanwhile, on the ice, only two games tonight. And the New York Rangers at home trying to avenge a loss the other night to Columbus. 11:29 to go third period. Was 2 nothing. Blue shirts now 2-1. to one. Columbus fighting back. Back again, 11:29 left in regulation. St. Louis also led up in Alberta first period over Edmonton 2-0, but the Oilers just got a goal, so it's 2-1, minute 44. Those are uh, left in the first period. Those are the only two games on the ice tonight. Meanwhile, college basketball, here's what we have. Games that are just underway. It is Creighton 9-4 out of the gate against Seton Hall. Remember, they beat Seton Hall in triple overtime in Jersey, 105-102, something like that. I mean, crazy game. 13-8 Ole Miss. And Chris Beard taking care of business early against Alabama just five minutes in, so we'll keep an eye on that one as well. Virginia, an 11-5 lead out of the gate. That's eight and a half minutes in up in Chestnut Hill. So they're playing that stifling defense against Boston College and uh, lead the Eagles by an 11-5 score. South Carolina, 3.55 to go first half. They've been wire to wire so far in Aggieland. College Station, they lead Texas A&M 28-25. St. John's up seven on Butler at the Hinkle Fieldhouse, 319 to go first half. 61-55, Colorado's lead down from 17 down to 6. 11.51 to go in Boulder. They lead Cal, lost to the Bears earlier in the year. Meanwhile, 42-41, Oklahoma State clinging to a one-point lead in Stillwater over Central Florida. 31-26, Iowa State, a five-point lead in Ames. That is second half. 16-38 to go in regulation. Very low-scoring, ugly game there from Ames, Iowa, but Otzelberger and the Cyclones will take it if they get the W. Troy leads UL Lafayette, 47-41, 18-47 to go. Second half just underway. Illinois State now has battled back. They were trailing at the half. They've scored the first seven of the second half and now make it more. They lead 51-44 over Missouri State. And again, we're trailing that game, but on an 11-1 run to start that second half. And the Redbirds playing really solid ball. Illinois-Chicago trying to cling to a lead. They've led wire to wire at home against Drake, but had the lead double digits. It's down to 3, 58-55, still 12-51 to go in regulation. All-Temple rolling in Houston over Rice, 13-55 to go, 40-23 to to score there. Richmond up 11 in St. Louis, 11-19 to go, 55-44. Spiders, 64-42, all UTSA blowing out Tulsa, trying to avenge a 20-plus point loss at Tulsa earlier 
in the year. 54-39. How about Wichita State taking care of business in Birmingham against Andy Kennedy's Blazers? They don't lose at home too often. We'll see if they don't storm back. In fact, UAB was an eight-point favorite in that game, down 15 big ones. South Alabama trying to make it 2-0 against Southern Miss. They won in Hattiesburg, now lead by 15 at home in Mobile, 59-44, 14-41 to go in the second half. La Tech, a nine-point lead, 12-24 to go against the Hilltoppers of Western Kentucky, 62-53. They lost at home in Ruston, Louisiana, to the Hilltoppers, so trying to avenge that loss straight up. Indiana stayed up 10 on Evansville, 12-53 to go second half, laying 10.5. They lead at 57-47, and Bradley up 13 on Southern Illinois, 15-19 to go, 49-36. Bradley in Peoria trying to take care of business. Belmont leads Murray State with 916 to go by 11, trying to sweep the racers. Beat them bad in Belmont, now leading by 11 on the road. It is a final just coming in. Arkansas State gets the win in the cover. I want to say that is nine straight covers now for the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. They win at 71-60, to laying the 9.5. They get the win at Coastal Carolina, 71-60. to Game stays well under the total. Duke blows out Louisville by 25, laying 20. Get the win the cover. Game stays under. Wisconsin-Milwaukee by 5. Beats IUPUI. Uh, Jaguars were stubborn on their home court. Uh, Wisconsin-Milwaukee was laying 12 and a half, uh, only win it by five, but they're happy to win it. Meanwhile, Wisconsin-Green Bay sweeps Cleveland State, beat them 69-61. Cleveland State was favored by eight. They couldn't get out of their own way. They didn't even have a three-pointer for the first 25 minutes. Don't know if they ended up hitting one. Meanwhile, Tennessee up on Auburn now with 24 seconds to go, 92-84, to keeping an eye there. Xavier blew out to Paul, 91-58. Win cover, game stays under, 91 169 all Marquette. They take care of business laying 11 and a half. They win it by 22 at home against Providence. Avenge an earlier loss to the Friars. Wofford, blowout city. They crush Samford 91 69. No problem. Five and a half point dogs. The Terriers win it straight up at home. Northwestern has just beaten Maryland 68 61 on the road. Five and a half point dogs. And the Wildcats get the win on the road. Chattanooga, nine point win at home against Mercer. That's good if you laid eight and a half at the Superbook. It was nine at Circa and elsewhere. But if you had the the Mox minus eight and a half at the Superbook. You win it by nine, and the game flies over the total. Georgia Southern avenges an earlier loss to Marshall. They win by 14 at home, laying one and a half. Good effort there, 87-73. A win and a cover, and the game gets over. NC Greensboro embarrasses VMI 100 to 58, the final, and that one. Win it by 42, laying 23 and a half, and the game does get over. Duquesne beat LaSalle 75-63. Win, cover, and the game stays under the total. East Tennessee State wire to wire. They blow out the Citadel on the road, 81-63. Only laying one. They win it by 18. I'm, a, I'm surprised on that score. Game also gets over the total. Northern Kentucky, minus three at Robert Morris. Led it by 25. Win it by 10. Win in a cover. Game stays under. Tulane comes back late, but too late. They lose by four, only getting two at home from North Texas. North Texas, the mean green, get the win, the cover, and the game goes over the total. Western Carolina had this one right. They beat Furman, beat the Paladins at home. Game flies over the total, and the Catamounts cover the two. Wright State gets beat in overtime by IPFW. Impressive game there by the Mastodon, 79-77. That game still stays under the total. James Madison wins by six. On the road at Georgia State, laying eight and a half. Do not cover. Game gets over the total. App State, blowout city. At home against Old Dominion, 89-64. Easily covering the 14 and a half in a game. That just gets over by a half a point. Youngstown State by 14 over Detroit. 
They have the one win, the Detroit Titans do, but they do get the cover on this one. They were plus 18 and a half. Game stays under the total. Florida beats Mizzou, but only by nine, laying 13 in Gainesville. Do not cover. Game gets over by three points. And the earliest game was VCU at home. No problem with the Rams of Rhode Island. The Rams of VCU beat them in a battle of the Rams. 88-67 the final in a game that also gets up and over the total. Keep an eye on all these other games as we go on through SportsX Radio for the next hour and a half. Take a break. Come back with Mark Lawrence, Mr. Playbook Sports. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. We'll be right back. Coke spinning the hits on a hump day, man. Hard to uh, cut into this song. Axel F, Harold Faltermeyer, and uh, again, the hoaxer. You got to love him. I mean, there are going to be songs that you go, I, I heard that song before. I haven't heard that song in a long time. The hoaxer will find it. Trust me, he will take care of business. I'm paying attention to this extra board game, and sometimes you don't want the team that you played to win, right? You don't care. I have Winthrop plus eight. Right, plus eight on the road against High Point. They were down by 18. They have battled back to 86-83. There was one second to go. They actually took a shot. They missed it. Got the rebound. They get it back out for a three. And they call a foul. Are you kidding me? Shooting the three. And Doucette goes to the line and makes all three. They're going into overtime. Winthrop, who lost earlier. By a bucket at home to High Point, who's the top dog in the Big South. And I should say top dog. They're actually the team that's surprising everybody there in first place. But the game going into overtime, tied at 86. Not what KT wanted, especially when you have plus eight. Hopefully it's not one of those bad beats. Knock on wood. Bring in Mark Lawrence. Mark, you know those games. I'm telling you, when you have the dog and it goes to overtime, or if you have the under and it goes to overtime, you're like, oh, no, anything but the extra session. Absolute kiss of death, Kenny, no question about it. I don't know if it's a, a phobia or just something that uh, everybody that bets games for a living fears, but obviously it does come into play, and it's uh, obviously two out of three times it's never any good news. Now, it sounds like you're taking a generous amount of points here, but then again, they did have a big lead in the basketball game earlier in the contest. Yeah, there you go. All right, so meanwhile, sometimes you get some news and you got to take, take advantage of it. Alex B. Smith letting me know that the uh, Pelicans had a lot of trouble with travel last night after the Knicks game. They had an engine go down or whatnot, and they had, to, uh, they had a major delay. So by the time they got to Indianapolis for the game tonight against the Pacers, I mean, it was 6 a.m. by the time they got to the hotel. So I uh, don't know if that will come into play, but Indiana has led wire to wire. Fourth quarter is underway. They're up by 10, the Pacers, but they were up by much more than that. They are laying four in this one, total of 240. We'll see if it does come into play. But, Mark, you look for stuff like that. If you're able to get any type of information like that, you got to get it, but you got to jump on it quickly before the line moves and everybody else gets it. Well, as soon as there's talk about it, Kenny, uh, the line moves immediately. I mean, everybody, that's what they're looking for, either injuries or situations, much like you just outlined there, travel disaster situations. And uh, uh, if you like the handicap in the game and you can get an early good number on it, that's good. But, you know, like our good friend Fezzik says, it doesn't matter if you don't have a good price to begin with. So you have to have value if you're making that play. 
There you go. Meanwhile, Jalen Williams did make it back for Auburn, came off the bench. That's good news for Bruce Pearl. I did have Tennessee minus the six and a half, thinking he would not play. Auburn battled back. It was a one-point game late, but Tennessee pulled away at the end and win it and cover it. Closing number was seven at the Superbook. They win it by eight, 92 to 84, and a game that flies over the total. How good is this Tennessee team, and how good is this Auburn team, Mark? Well, you know, both of these teams have credentials, Kenny. Uh, you know, when you, I'm working up our college conference previews for their next edition of the Playbook Basketball Newsletter. So <clears throat> what we're doing right now is we're breaking down statistics for each team. And, uh, you know, Auburn brings something to the table here. They're a really good team in uh, margin, net margin. They win their games an average of 15 points a game. Tennessee wins their games an average of 13 points a game. So they can trade blows, these two teams can. Uh, I guess if there's a difference here, this Tennessee may be a little bit soft, uh, at least defensively, uh, coming into this contest here. I think it's a tough call in the basketball game, but uh, no surprise if either team wins this game by double-digit margins. All right, so Iowa State, they're up 12 now with 12.39 to go. Very low-scoring game in Ames, 40-28. to 28. But they play that deliberate style, almost like a Tony Bennett-Virginia-type team. They have some shooters. But they're not afraid to take the air out of the ball, and Otzelberger's a good, solid coach, but they play defense. And when you start looking at some of the teams around the country, Mark, that play defense, well, we know the Houston Cougars, number one team in the country, they play good, solid defense. There are several teams that, when it comes into play, as far as the tournament, they are going to make other teams struggle just to get shots. The question is what all of these teams that do play solid defense, will they be able to, in turn, score with regularity themselves because it seems like most of those teams that play the good solid defense at times during a game are offensively challenged themselves. Yeah, Kenny, there's no team that ranks in the top tick 16 in the, in the nation in defensive points allowed per game that also ranks in the top 16 in offensive points per game. So like you mentioned, there's a huge uh, dichotomy to similarity there. The teams that play the defense sort of tend to lack on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, if you can find an edge like that for a basketball team that can fill the hole or at least shoot the basketball at a high percentage offensively, you might end up having a nice edge that way. But you mentioned Houston, the top team in scoring defense in the country. St. Mary's is a team that intrigues me because not only are they number two in fewest points allowed per game, but this basketball team can rebound. They're the top rebounding team in the country in net margin. So they can take care of the glass. They can play defense here. I think St. Mary's has got to be a legitimate look in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, there's no doubt that they'll have a good chance to finally upend the Zags run here in Vegas as far as at the Orleans Arena in the WCC tournament. They're still unblemished. They'll be the number one seed. They close out the season. Uh, They've got a game at Pepperdine on Thursday. They come back on Saturday and close out at Moraga against Gonzaga trying to sweep the Zags. We'll see if that indeed comes into play and can they run the table. Uh, Mahaney, the uh, the guard, is fantastic. Uh, Duke is pretty good as well. But they lost Jefferson, their most athletic player, a couple weeks ago. And that is a major blow. This is St. Mary's team that, in Phoenix on a neutral court, barely beat UNLV. And we've seen UNLV come out of the conference, Mark. They won against Creighton at the Dollar Loan Center, which was in Vegas but not their home court. The Mountain West probably going to get, well, definitely going to get five teams in the way I'm seeing it. But Lenardi right now has them getting six teams in. I believe Jerry Palm as well. And, you know, there's 
you know, seven teams right there jockeying for position, but UNLV got one of those games last night that you have to win against Wyoming. They also avenged that loss to Air Force from earlier. They've won eight out of nine. Anything goes in this Mountain West because, you know, they lost that tough game on a five-point play to Utah State, or UNLV would be tied for the top spot. But Boise State, New Mexico, who UNLV swept, what's your take on Kevin Kruger's team, UNLV? Do they have a shot to get in the tournament at large, or do they have to win the tournament? I think they have to win the tournament, Kenny, because you mentioned about the teams right now that are sitting. Uh, you look at the league, you count them up here. Six of the seven teams already have 20 wins. It's UNLV who only has 17, but worse, they have 10 losses. That's sort of the ugly mark on their ledger is the, on the, in the loss column here. So they're going to have to make noise in the tournament here, I think, and knock off some of these teams that are ranked ahead of them, the Utah States, the Boise States, the San Diego States, I think they have a chance. But I think it's a long road to hoe for Nevada. I'm sorry, for UNLV, but they do have the potential. There is no doubt. What about Kentucky? What's your take on Kentucky? They found a way to come back yesterday in a game that Mississippi State really needed to get, and Kentucky was coming off a big win but, man, they closed nicely. They're still playing without Mitchell. But I like the depth on this Kentucky team when Mitchell comes back and the guys that Calipari has found, the youngsters now, some of those freshmen turning into sophomores. And Shepard, big shot last night. I mean, 32 points. That kid can flat-out play as a freshman as well. Well, this Kentucky team this year, Kenny, is at least is all about offense. I mean, they can fill the hole. You know, they average 89 points a game and – Shoot really, really high well percentage from the floor, uh, if you will, almost 50%, 49.5. The problem is they can't stop a fart. Uh, they don't play any defense, and you're not going to get very far on name and reputation in the NCAA basketball tournament. Uh, when they take the floor, they're being priced a lot on name and reputation. They look pretty. They look like the team everybody wants to take a piece of because they can fill the hole but their problem is their defense. If they run up against a team that can smother them defensively, I think they can take them out of their game. All right, so Alabama was a team that they beat up, and Alabama right now playing Chris Beard's boys over there in Oxford, Mississippi. It's a game that Ole Miss really needs to get, and they're up by 10 last I saw first-half action. This Alabama team, another one under Nate Oates that likes to get up and down, highest-scoring team in the country. What's your take on Bama? Do you see them uh, as somebody that's got a good chance to get to the Sweet 16, or is this a team that you can see running into one of these so-called defensive juggernauts maybe in that second round where they can be in some trouble? The only concern I have for Alabama, Kenny, as you mentioned, they can fill the hole. There's no question about that. They're going to be in the tournament. There'll be a, there are 19 wins right now. They'll know probably with 24 by the time the tournament comes. But they've done almost all their damage at home this year. They really struggled a bit on the road. And they're going to have to come up with a little bit of a better uh, record, if you will, away from home, whether it's a true road game or a neutral court uh, effort by Alabama. They have to show their wares that way. They can do that in the Southeast Conference Tournament but I think they have to step up in the tournament to be considered a legitimate Sweet 16 team. All right, and then I want to go to the ACC because just a couple teams that come to mind in North Carolina, of course, got the win against Duke in their first meeting. They're 22-6 and overall, 14-3 and first place in the ACC. What's your take on Carolina? Because we know R.J. Davis is ridiculous. Uh, that kid can flat out pick him up, put him down. But they've got some other players, including Baycott down low, and that helps out as well. If Ingram and Ryan can give them production, there's some depth there as well for Hubert Davis. What about the heels? 
Well, you know, Kenny, you look at the ACC year in and year out, you just put tape over the names of the teams because when you pull the name of the tape off the name of the team, it's almost always North Carolina, Duke, Virginia. You're looking at the same three teams that are going to end, ultimately end up being in playing in the either the semifinal or the finals of the ACC tournament. North Carolina right now would be that number one seed, and deservedly so. And the reason I give them kudos is the fact that they've found how to win games away from home. They've cashed, or they've won seven of their nine true road games this year. I think that's a big, big indicator for a team that ranks number one in their conference, the Conference Bear. I think North Carolina is indeed legitimate. All right, so one game, two games actually left to go on the docket tonight, Mark, before we take our break. And one of these games is in Tempe, Arizona. And uh, just, uh, God, maybe about 10, 12 days ago, Arizona beat Arizona State 105-60. to I mean, just an embarrassment. Uh, I mean, this is a rivalry game. Bobby Hurley just beside himself after that game and really laid into the Sun Devils. Now, they get a shot tonight to avenge that loss. But, my goodness, when you get beat by 45, it's hard to turn things around in a short period of time. Arizona is still a 12-point favorite in Tempe. 157 and a half. I took a shot at the Devils. I know Arizona is a much better team athletically, talent wise. And uh, if Balo, the big guy down low, uh, is able to have any type of uh, uh, field day in the paint, it could be a long night again for Arizona State. But the one thing I would do with Balo, he's only 50% from the line. I would hack him, and Bobby's got some guys that don't play a ton bigger guys, but I'd get them in there, and I'd have them all use up their fouls, and I'd put him at the free throw line at least early in the game and see if maybe Arizona State can't get off to a lead. Would you take a shot at ASU plus the 12 coming off getting beat down by 45 about 10 days ago, or do you stay away from this one, or do you look for Arizona to sweep the Sun Devils? Well, Arizona will likely sweep the Sun Devils. I don't know if they're going to cash two tickets, though. I think this is a a huge, huge revenge chip for Arizona State. Number one, they're a huge rival within the state. They will be up for this game. It was embarrassing, the loss that they suffered here, and that will indeed get their best effort. Now, whether it will be good enough tonight or not will remain to be seen. The big difference in the two teams is Arizona can rebound. Arizona State cannot. But you've also got a, a... 12-point home dog in this basketball game with red face humiliation written all over them. I look for Arizona State to play one of their better games of the season tonight. All right, good deal. That makes me feel a little more confident going into the game. The other game will be the latest game of the night. It'll be in Eugene at Matthew Knight Arena. Of course, uh, Phil Knight, his son, passing away years ago, and they named the court after him. They're at home. They uh, barely beat Oregon State by a few points up in Corvallis. Now they're going to lay 14 at home in Eugene, total 136. Anything with that game, does Wayne Tinkle and the Beavs hang in, or is this one Oregon probably gets a blowout? Well, you know, Oregon's a real popular team. Uh, unquestionably, they are. Uh, Oregon State sitting at the bottom of the Pac-12 here, probably waiting for the season to end and looking forward to this disbandment, if you will, of the Pac-12 conference here. But again, it's a big rivalry, these two matchups. Whenever you have two rivalry teams that are 100% pure rivals like these two teams are, and there's a revenge factor in the basketball game. You have to look first at the revenge motive in the contest here. I know Oregon's sitting two games back of Arizona in the conference. They can't afford to stumble. I don't think they're going to stumble. I also don't think they're going to cash a ticket here tonight. I think the Beavers play this basketball team right down to the wire. There you go. Great stuff from Mark Lawrence. Playbook Sports is the site you're going to go to, and Mark will let you know all about things coming up, especially college basketball. The last two years, college football, bowl 
time. I mean, forget about it. Mark Lawrence has been the best of the best. And last year, college basketball, ridiculous March Madness. And he's got the special stuff coming out. Real quick before we go to break, remember, demographically, if you fall between 40 and 72 years of age, you are fortunate. Whether you're coming into Vegas or whether you live here in the Vegas Valley, Dr. John Pierce has the only scanner of its kind in the region. It gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. They've got software that detects myocarditis, pericarditis. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can call now, leave your name and number. They'll get back to you with that free educational consultation. You know the 702 area code for Vegas, 534-7900-534-7900-534-7900. Make sure you tell them KT SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes just a few minutes. A few days later, you'll get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. It'll come in print form and also on a disc. You'll have that information just in case there's some type of irregularity after you have the scan. Heart CT scan and calcium score special, 125 for a $600 value. And then your significant other is absolutely free. So get the hearts checked out. Make sure those arteries aren't clogging up. Guys, don't get blindsided by the Widowmaker. Ladies, number one killer of women annually in the United States is heart disease here in the U.S. of A. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Give a call now. Leave your name and number. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534 534- 7900. You can go to the website pdcenterlv.com, pdcenterlv.com. Some FYI questions, and also you can see the scanner at work. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FMK Dome. We stream live on that Worldwide Odyssey app. You're listening to Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio from PSR Law Studios here in Vegas with Mark Lawrence. Mark Hope producing the show. He takes us to break. We'll be right back. Republic coming back. I ain't worried. Mark Hoke's been in the hits here on a Wednesday night. KT, not at Steiner's tonight, but uh, back there next Wednesday. And tonight's show has been pushed now to the opening Thursday of March Madness. It'll be March 21st. So I'll be there Wednesday the 20th, and I'll follow it right up and be there on the 21st. So back-to-back nights at 1750 North Buffalo. Come on down and join me. Watch basketball with me pretty much all afternoon. I'll get there by noon on that opening Thursday, games will tip off right around a little after 9 a.m. Pacific time. But it'll be all-day basketball for KT. That'll be a lot of fun. Looks like High Point is going to end up knocking off Winthrop. They lead at 99-96 with a half a second left in the extra session as Winthrop went for a game-winning three and missed it and then uh, could not get the offensive rebound. So it looks like it will be a sweep for first place high point in the Big South, which is good news for KT as long as Winthrop covers the eight and a half, gave that one out. All right, Mark Lawrence, we've got games coming up tomorrow night, Thursday, of course, always the uh, West Coast swing and uh, some good college basketball. Ohio State starting to play good ball with the interim head coach, going to be at home in Columbus against Nebraska, and Freddie Hoiberg has his team playing respectable on the road and then lights out. In Lincoln, in fact, they were only favored by six and a half on Sunday, the late game against Minnesota. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I mean, they've beaten everybody by double digits, including Purdue over there. I was like, yeah, they're going to take care of business easily. They end up winning the game by 18. But they're, uh, they're playing respectable ball on the road as well. But I like the way Ohio State's playing and coming off the comeback win for the first time in a long time. They win in East Lansing against Michigan State. Is that enough momentum to take the Buckeyes tomorrow on their home court minus the two and a half? Because I want to. I'm going to listen to you. 
you know, you look at this Ohio State team, Kenny, and you just know that, uh, you know, after they replaced Holtman, that things got better with the Buckeyes. I don't know if the rift was between the players and the coach, but they're certainly playing a lot better brand of basketball right now are the Buckeyes. And I think you have to put what's happened to them this season behind them and look at how they're playing of late. You mentioned Nebraska. They played some pretty good basketball uh, thus far this season here. Really staunch defensively. Their defensive field goal percentage is less than 40% on the year. That's a really a big credential to take into a contest like this. I think they're the better team Nebraska is, but I'm just a little bit concerned about whether or not Ohio State is born again with the new head coach. All right. Meanwhile, College of Charleston, they have won seven straight games They've been pretty good against the number. I had them on Saturday. They were a good win wire-to-wire at Towson. What about laying a bundle tomorrow against Campbell? I mean, it's a good, solid College of Charleston team atop their conference, uh, but that's still a lot of points to lay. I know it's at home. They'll take the W, but at the end of the day, do you get into laying that many points too often, Mark? No, you won't find me doing that, Kenny. I have to have a lot of reason, uh, a lot of reason, and I don't see much of that here any at all. I think the odds maker has got the game priced accordingly the, the right way here, but uh, I'll pass on laying wood like this in a basketball team's coming out of a conference just like this as well. There you go. Meanwhile, Stanford, they're at Utah. Utes minus seven on their home court. They're oh so tough up there in Salt Lake City. I'd probably take a look at the Utes before I would at the Cardinal on the road. Uh, that's one of the uh, bigger conferences, Mark, that's got games getting underway. And then we've got uh, UCLA at Washington. Washington favored three and a half. And Southern Cal, it's been a long year. But they're going to take on a Wazoo team that comes off a loss to ASU after beating Arizona and sweeping the Wildcats. So all of a sudden, Wazoo finds themselves in a game they need to have. Would you lay the eight against Southern Cal, or do you stay away knowing that USC, right now, they know the only way they can get to the tournament is by winning the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas. So they're playing with house money pretty much going out, and they can pretty much do whatever they want, Andy Enfield squad. What about it? Because Kyle Smith's going to be joining me on Monday on the show. Looking forward to that. The head coach of Washington State. And what a job he's done with the Cougs this year. Yeah, he's done a great job with this team, Kenny. Uh, they've won 14 of their 15 home games thus far this basketball season. They're limping home off a 12-point loss, which will get their attention. No question about it. I'm just a little bit concerned about the fact that they did beat the Trojans at USC earlier this year. Uh, I'm not crazy about laying points like this to a hungry USC basketball team. I think Washington State is obviously the better team. I'm going to pass in the game largely because the line by the odds maker is right spot on. And then San Francisco, this is a team that every time they're looking like they could have a shot to maybe somewhere along the line knock off St. Mary's or Gonzaga in the WCC, very rarely do they close the deal. They may cover a game here or there, but they just don't win them outright. Tomorrow night, they're at home against the Zags. Gonzaga's laying four and a half, 156 the total. San Fran doesn't mind running and gunning with the Zags. Can they win the game? Would you take the four and a half, or do you stay away, or do you look at Gonzaga with the short number? Well, you know, Gonzaga's numbers are not bad this year, Kenny. Uh, you know, it's just that St. Mary's has, played, has had such a stellar season thus far this season here. But Gonzaga's doing all the things now this year that they've done before in the past. Uh, you look at this program here, they're very, very good. Uh, they can fill the whole offensive percentage field goal percentages upwards of 87% on the season here. Uh, they do a real nice job field goal percentage-wise here as well. Uh, but I'm still – I'm going to look at San Francisco here. They impress me, this basketball team does, and I think there's a legitimate three-team conference here. There are three real good teams here. 
We're only going to probably see two at best coming out of this conference here, most likely one. But I think San Francisco feels that they deserve and belong to be there. This would be a big, big notch in the holster for San Francisco for the Dons here. I like them in the upset. All right, Mark, let everybody know how they can get all the plays, how they can get the newsletter, and how they can get the coffee club. Everything available online, playbooksports.com. We're doing our college basketball conference tournament preview starting in our new edition this Friday in our NCAA basketball tournament edition. You subscribe to any of those, you'll get the coffee club. It's a free no-charge bonus all online at playbooksports.com. Uh, he is Mark Lawrence. At Mark Lawrence, Mark spelled with a C at the end. You can follow him on X that way. Mark, we'll do it again. Same bad time, same bad channel next Wednesday. I always look forward to it. You have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Hour number one in the book, SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Don. We stream live on that worldwide Odyssey app. The original AI, Andy Isco, joins me atop hour number two, live from Vegas with Mark Hoke spinning the hits. We'll be right back. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Panache and Ravaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Call 702-560-5520. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. And by Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT, on a Wednesday, not at Steiner's Pub. I'll have a makeup day there on March the 21st, that opening Thursday of March Madness. Uh, we got the play-in games, but that first big day with all those games, I'll be at Steiner 1750 North Buffalo right there, Albertson Shopping Center right there at Vegas Drive. I'll be there most of the day, uh, not there tonight, so that'll be a Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back for SportsX Radio and Steiner's Pub. Tonight, PSR Law Studios in Vegas, Panache Ravaputi, the best in personal injury in Vegas, year number five, over $5 billion for their clients in verdicts and settlements the last five years between Southern California and uh, Southern La- Southern uh, Nevada. I was going to say Southern Las Vegas, but Southern Nevada. Las Vegas, of course, in Southern Nevada. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. 702 area code you've got down for the best in personal injury. If you need them, jot down the number for future reference, 560-5520-560-5520. And uh, always appreciate PSR Law Studios and, uh, of course, Preventative Diagnostic Center. Dr. John Pierce went over that in hour number one. Uh, Forklift University, my good buddy Steve Drake, he's got his company advertising now. And uh, I'm just saying if you uh, are looking for a job for yourself or maybe for your kid or a roommate or whatnot, what a great deal. If you can drive a forklift, you are going to make some money and you are going to be employed. And I noticed it over there at uh, Radio Row at uh, the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Those forklift drivers, they are good, man. I mean, they are moving. They break that stuff down. They know what they're doing. They go backwards as fast as, you know, most of the uh, uh, the women that I know that drive cars uh, go forward. So, uh, you know, just having a little fun there. As far as ladies, don't be sending me the email. Send them to uh, Mark Hoke at uh, odyssey.com. Do not send them to KT. No, you can't actually. Ken Thompson at SportsXRadio.com. Anytime you have any suggestions or you want to uh, throw some feedback at me, like Lou Milano, my good buddy. Lou Milano 
uh, has been listening to the show for a long time, and then he couldn't find us because, uh, you know, 720 went away, but 101.5 is here, and then we transitioned to 101.5 FM, which is awesome, but also on that Worldwide Odyssey app. And Lou sending me an email, I just caught it, and it said, make sure you thank Andy Isco for giving out Tarleton State last week. Didn't look good early, but the original AI says, KT, we got to play 40 minutes, sometimes a little more. Doesn't much matter. It's all how the final score works out. And AI, not only did they get that cover, they took care of business. And uh, you're doing pretty well in college basketball, are you not? Yeah, it's been, it's been a nice little run now that uh, I get to spend most of my time on the college hoops uh, with the football being over, so I sort of ease my way into it, as I've talked about before, with so many teams to cover, and you want to stay up to date, but you're still waiting for form to develop. And now, as I mentioned, as we get into and now we're at the latter end of the second part of conference play, you sort of get an idea of where teams stand relative to one another within their conferences. And, of course, conference tournaments on the way in the next week or so will begin. And, uh, hey, March uh, Selection Sunday will be here uh, before you know it. I believe it's uh, two weeks from this Sunday. There you go. And then there's always – you know, some of the conference games, you're looking and you say, all right, well, this team should take care of business. They should avenge a loss, especially if they lost on the road and they're the better team. And then all of a sudden they get beat at home, too. And you're like, whoa, wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. Cleveland State tonight, they got beat at home and uh, they were just trying to even up the score. But instead, they go down to Wisconsin Green Bay for the second time. That's a big win for the Phoenix because they had dropped three in a row after getting to first place in the horizon. Uh, Youngstown State, to me, is uh, the best team in that conference, but Oakland Golden Grizzlies are there as well. So those are the top two teams, and Wisconsin Green Bay right there. That's going to be a fun tournament, Andy, and that's a nice win by uh, Green Bay tonight to get back on track. Yeah, there are a lot of conferences that are that are wide open. I mean, obviously the Mountain West that we talk about a lot is wide open. The Summit uh, as well. The uh, Missouri Valley is a team with Missouri Valley is kind of like a top-heavy conference with a lot of really good teams at the top, three or four good teams at the top, and uh, some others. The, the ACC, I think, is it's fairly open this year because yeah, North Carolina and Duke are having great seasons, but not great compared to what to use what we're used to seeing out of them. Uh, the Big East, it's a question of uh, UConn. Uh, now, last year, and a team that I've liked all year and that I've, I've made a futures play on, Marquette, is a team that uh, knocked uh, UConn out in the championship game last year of the Big East. And, of course, they're well coached by Shaka Smart with uh, a lot of postseason experience. So the Big East will be fun. These conference tournaments are great now, especially for the lower ones uh, where only the conference champion, the tournament winner, is going to go to the uh, to the NCAA tournament. The mid-majors often have a chance to send two or three. That's why it's going to be interesting because I heard you talk about it with Mark earlier, and that's the Mountain West where six teams are in position. I think that that's a lot of teams to ask to make from that type of conference considering – there's no really outstanding team in that conference at the top, but a lot of teams in the middle of it. Uh, so a lot of competitive conference tournaments get underway uh, in about a week. There you go. Okay, so Utah State and Boise State, they're tied atop the Mountain West, uh, both at 11-4. and four. I believe the Aggies have swept Boise State, if I'm not mistaken. San Diego State's at 11-5. At and five. UNLV and Nevada are both at 10-5, and five, and of course they'll close the season in Reno, Nevada beating UNLV 69-66 at Thomas and Mack in a game that the Rebels actually had a nice nine-point lead down the stretch but gave it away. That's their only loss in their last nine for UNLV, so they're a game back. Uh, New Mexico's then a 9-6 come off the loss at home by a point in the pit to Air Force, which was one of those head-scratchers, but Air Force also beat UNLV 
for their first win. They only have those two wins inside the conference. And then Colorado State has slipped to 8-8. Eight and eight. This was a team that was inside the top 20 for a while, but all of a sudden, you know, they're showing vulnerability. UNLV 17 and 10 overall, Colorado State 20 and 9, New Mexico 21 and 7, Nevada's 23 and 6, San Diego State with all that experience from last year. A few of those players are back, but only two of the five starters for Dutcher. And then Boise State, Leon Rice, good coach, his son on the team, and Utah State doing a nice job with Danny Sprinkle coming over from Montana State. How do you see it shaking out in the last three games, Andy? Who do you like to win the conference? And what about the tournament going into uh, Thomas and Mack? Yeah, well, that's what I was saying a little a few minutes ago, that it's a very well-balanced conference, but with no outstanding team at the top of the conference, uh, we may not see uh, the five or six teams that a lot of people are projecting. A lot of it will have to do with how other at-large teams do in their own conference tournaments and how many upsets there are amongst the high-mid-majors and the major conference tournaments to determine uh, what the uh, Mountain West will get. Uh, I think the team, because you you mentioned Colorado State, there's a team that started extremely strongly, and they sort of have struggled lately. You talk about New Mexico. There's another team that is off to a strong start, and they've sort of struggled lately. San Diego State's been a pretty consistent team. Boise State's been a pretty consistent team. Utah State's been a pretty consistent team. So I think those three are in. So it may very well come down to one or two, but I don't think three, of Nevada, UNLV, New Mexico, and Colorado State. I think that those are the teams that are in danger. Um, If you talk about the two, you mentioned uh, Air Force. Well, that could end up hurting. uh, It could hurt both New Mexico and UNLV, especially UNLV by the magnitude of their loss, even though I think they lost by 32 and they beat them by 31 in the rematch, but that's still one of the weaker teams in Division One Air Force, and so that's a black mark on their resume for both of those teams. UNLV, I think, would be in better shape right now than New Mexico, largely because of what New UNLV did against the Lobos this year, and the fact that they've been playing the better basketball over the second half of the season than has New Mexico. So I, I think uh, it may also come down to how UNLV and Nevada do in that season finale, who finishes higher in the conference, and then again, it all comes down to what's going to happen in the tournament and i mentioned seven teams all the way down to colorado state realistically any one of those seven can win the mountain west tournament this year because there is no outstanding team that is a good call and remember unlv starting off with that loss to southern but southern turns out to be pretty good in their conference uh, meanwhile unlv at the dollar loan center did get a 15 point win against creighton and then in their next game in phoenix on a neutral they lost in double overtime by a bucket to that saint mary's team that's still unblemished in the wcc and they also pounded a pretty good hofstra team by 18 uh they need to me for unlv i really think they need to get the win against san diego state at home next week I think that would bode well because I expect the Aztecs to play good ball. And then you made a great point. If UNLV can take care of business at home Saturday against San Jose State, which they should, but again, you still got to play the game, and then beat San Diego State, it may come down to that Nevada game. Because if UNLV goes up to Reno and avenges the loss at Thomas and, uh, to, that they had at Thomas and Mack in a game that they led much throughout, UNLV will finish at 20-10 and 10 regular season, including winning 11 of their last 12, and that could bode well, like you said, going down the stretch as long as they don't get knocked out in the first round of the Mountain West Tournament. Yeah, or, or 
it may very well be that UNLV may need to make it to the tournament finals because it is being played on their home court, and that's something that the committee will take a look at. It's not, it's not technically a home game, but realistically it is a home game as far as uh, what the, uh, the crowd will be, the familiarity, etc. So I think UNLV, if they can certainly beat San Jose and San Diego State and then get that third win that you mentioned against Reno, I think that they would probably be the, four, the fourth team in the Mountain West, assuming they don't win the conference tournament, uh, that they would be behind the Utah State, Boise State, and the San Diego State as far as what the committee would look at as far as picking at-large teams. There you go. All right. So meanwhile, Nevada, they only had the one meeting with Utah State, and they won it by 14 in Aggieland, which is pretty impressive there by Steve Alford and his squad. Now, they don't have any really big-time wins. They did beat Jamie Dixon's team by 13 earlier in the year, 88-75. So that was a good win. They beat Georgia Tech, but Georgia Tech's not much. And uh, so they're they're going to need to uh, close strong as well. But right now, Nevada playing pretty good ball. They have a home game against Fresno. Then they're at Boise State. And uh, they could really use a win there because they lost on their home court by eight to the Broncos earlier in the season. So if they can get the split with Boise, and then again, that UNLV UNR game up in Reno at the Lawler Events Center on Saturday, March 9th. That is going to be a big-time game, and we'll see how much it does matter as far as a potential at-large bid for both those clubs. Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM KDOM. We stream live on the Worldwide Odyssey app. We come at you Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. right here on KDOM and the Odyssey app. And Andy Isco and Mark Lawrence, they are a great one-two punch on Wednesdays. Arthur DeCesar was closing out Wednesdays earlier, but his schedule has shifted big time with all the March stuff going on so he's going to come on it looks like on friday also hondo carpenter will join me as well from finishing up the uh nfl combine uh coverage over there and he was busy talking with antonio pierce today and uh, we'll get into a lot of the uh potential free agents and a lot of stuff going on off the field as far as nfl and andy i know it's college basketball time but somehow some year uh somehow some way each uh, time during the year, you've got to keep your hand on the pulse as far as what's going on inside the NFL. Yeah, I take a little bit of a break after the Super Bowl. I wait for the combine to settle out. I wait to see what the free agents, which will be you know starting next week, what they end up doing, and you know take a look as we get closer to the graphs to sort of see uh, how the team's strengths and weaknesses have changed based upon the moves that they've already made in the off season and the moves that I think they should make uh, come uh, come draft day, as far as uh, or draft weekend, I guess now, as far as what uh, what the teams do, and then I'll take a look. I don't do a lot of uh, uh, of future playing at this time, although I did make a futures play on the Chiefs right after the uh, Super Bowl. I know how tough it is to win three in a row, but if there's a team that can do it, can't well, obviously Kansas is the only one that can do it next year. Uh, but this team seems possible, and I knew that the odds were going to be as 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 good as they were ever going to be coming into next year right after the Super Bowl. And I think Circa had them up at eight to one. They're now lower than that in most places. So barring an injury. That's the best price. Doesn't mean they're going to win it, but it's the best price you're going to find. And I expect them to be in contention again. You know, Mahomes goes down. You know, that's it. But that's true of any team that has a, uh, you know, a, a, a player of his caliber. You, hopefully, you don't see it. But I mean, like last year, the Jets season was basically over when Aaron Rodgers went down on what the first drive of the game uh, in, the, in the game against Buffalo, and the entire prospects for the season. So, that, that's always the trade-off between making a play early on what you believe will be an outstanding 
outstanding and maybe even the best number and waiting because the, the earlier you make the play, the more negative things can happen as the season plays out. So you always have to weigh what you perceive to be the risk versus the, uh, the rewards. There you go. He is Andy Isco. And I'm going to leave you with this, Andy. You don't have to answer it now, but you can after our next break, which will be in about two, three minutes from now. If I gave you Houston, Purdue, and UConn against the field, what would you do? And don't man, don't give me the answer now. Just save it for the listeners because I want to tease them. Because that, uh, again, the people are saying, ah, there's a lot of parity there. Anybody can win it. Or there's 10, 15, 20 teams that can win it. But Houston, outstanding defense. Purdue finds themselves in the same situation that Virginia found themselves in when they lost as a number one, uh, number one seed, losing to Maryland-Baltimore County, coming back the following year and winning the whole thing. Purdue's going to try and do that. They, of course, losing last year in that first round to Fairleigh Dickinson University from New Jersey. They're going to try and avenge uh, all of those uh, problems that they had last year in the tournament and take care of business and run the whole table. And then there's UConn, the defending champion, still with five first-place votes. And that is a team that has Donovan Klingen back now, the big seven-footer. He is a youngster. He's a sophomore, but he can flat-out play, and he gives them that uh, presence that they need inside the paint. As long as he stays out of foul trouble, they will be a tough out. But that still leaves teams like Tennessee and Marquette and Arizona and Kansas playing shorthanded. Yes, they got beat by BYU last night at home at the Fog Allen Fieldhouse. But remember, McCullough didn't play in that game. But still, that's a big win for BYU. AI, as we go to break, what about the job Mark Pope has done over there with the blue and white? And I'm going to get Greg Rebell, the voice of the Cougars of BYU to come on. But that was a nice win last night at Fog Allen Fieldhouse. They hadn't played there, BYU hadn't, since 1971. And to get a win of that magnitude, that was big time. Hall was big. And uh, before he fouled out, he had a big time game and, and helped get the Cougs that W. But Mark Pope has done one hell of a job there. Yeah, he really has. You point out the fact that this, of course, was the first run through the league for BYU, Houston, what was it, Cincinnati, and uh, I think Central Florida. I think those four teams were uh, were the new ones in the Big 12 this year for basketball. And uh, to win at Kansas, and I remember Kansas, this is, you know, Kansas has not been the same Kansas team that we've seen in years past. They've struggled more. They've had some fortunate wins or some difficult wins, even though they were unbeaten at home. So for BYU to go in there and get the win, even though Kansas was in a little bit of maybe a letdown spot given the fact that they had just blown out Texas basically uh, over, over the weekend. It's still a nice win for a BYU program that's had success over the years but not at the uh, power conference level that they're enjoying this year. So that win in and of itself uh, probably not has BYU just in, but they probably get a pretty decent seating as a result. All right, we take a break. When we come back, You'll get it from the original AI. It is Andy Isco, of course, the original AI, not Alan Iverson, not Andre Iguodala, not artificial intelligence. Andy Isco goes way back, and uh, we may bring him back on Throwback Thursdays. That's how far he goes back. But he's going to answer the question when we come back from break. Would he take Houston, number one overall team, maybe the best defensive team in the country, 53 first-place votes, Purdue, Big time, Zach Eady and company, pretty solid supporting cast there, sitting at 25-3 and three under Matt Painter and dominating the Big Ten. And UConn, defending champions with five first-place votes, sitting at 25-3 and three as well. 
with a very solid squad under Danny Hurley. Would Andy Esco take those three against the field? We'll get his answer when we come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM Dawn streaming live on that worldwide Odyssey app. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Follow the show at SportsX Radio at Ken Thompson 87. Miss any part of the show? No problem. Two ways you can go back and listen in its entirety. You can go to the Odyssey Rewind feature. So again, download the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. They've got a rewind feature. You can just bring up the show, search Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, and boom, you can listen to the show in its entirety after it's over. Or you can follow at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio and pinned at both those X handles, formerly known as Twitter. It will be the archive right there, links for uh, several different outlets that you can go back and listen. We are live from Vegas, PSR Law Studios, Ken Thompson, Andy Isco. By the way, Andy, you can follow at VegasAndy711, at VegasAndy711 on Twitter, on X. And then, of course, my producer, Mark Hoke, same thing, at Mark Hoke Show, M-A-R-K-H-O-K-E Show, and uh, at Mark Hoke Show. And uh, Mark's show, of course, the best in professional wrestling, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., right here also on KDON and on the Worldwide Odyssey app. He takes us to break. We come back. We keep things rolling for another, eh, say, 38 minutes. We are live from Vegas. You're listening to SportsX Radio. I'm Ken Thompson. I'll be right back. Uh, yes, we keep rolling, rolling, rolling a little limp biscuit. Coming back on a hump day. Hump day happiness, hump day motivation, all that good stuff. Ain't no motivation in Tempe. My goodness. You get beat by 45, you come out of the gate at home, and you're down 18-6, to 6, Arizona State. My goodness, Bobby Hurley, he ought to suit up. Does he have any eligibility left? My gosh, KT, looking like he could be on the wrong side of that one early. Arizona taking care of business early, up 12. They're laying 12. We'll see how it pans out. Total 157.5, 6 minutes, 48 seconds into that game. And uh, cruise control already for the Cats. Alabama up two at Ole Miss. Ole Miss led that by 12 early. Now it's 51-49. The Tide leads at 16-31 still to go in Oxford. Minnesota hanging right there in Champaign with Illinois. The Illini minus 12, but Golden Gophers hanging right there. 60-59, to 14-55 to go in the second half. All Creighton blowing out the hall, 57-32. Took them triple overtime to win in South Orange, New Jersey, but not any trouble right now laying nine in Omaha. They are up big time, 25 on the hall, who doesn't get beat like that too often. Meanwhile, Virginia 43-40 leading Boston College, 11-20 to go. Chestnut Hill and South Carolina going to sweep Texas A&M, it looks like. They lead at 66-61 over Buzz Williams. And this Aggie team has been horrendous. They are going to drop to 15-13 and if they lose this game. And uh, that is bad. Now they're down seven with two minutes to go. They're, they had just taken a three-point lead after trailing by 15 in the first half. But South Carolina. This has been a major surprise in the SEC. The Gamecocks playing great ball. And St. John's, wow, they are just blowing out Butler at the Hinkle Fieldhouse. 77-56, Thad Modest boys can't win a game of late. 5.07 left in regulation. That's a big win for Patino in a pick'em game. Colorado beat Cal but did not cover 88-78 in a game that gets over the total. Central Florida, big second half, comes back and beats Oklahoma State in Stillwater, 77-71. Iowa State a win and a cover in Ames. Game stays well under the total, but they do cover the 9.5, win it by 13, 58-45. Troy beat UL Lafayette, 87-73. They were 2.5-point road 
dogs. They win it by 14. Game sales over the total. Illinois State held off Missouri State by one, laying four and a half in a game that also gets over. And they're in double overtime, just starting up in Chicago. It's Illinois-Chicago. The Flames at home against Drake. One of the top teams there in the Missouri Valley tied at 92. You had the over 147. You're sitting fat there. Temple avenged an earlier loss to Rice on their home court by beating the Owls in Houston by 22, 65-43. All Richmond over St. Louis, 80-64. to Easy cover there. Game stays under the total. UTSA, they route Tulsa 89-73, easily covering the two. And Wichita State, give them credit, the Shockers, after blowing a game on their home court Sunday, come back and win against Andy Kennedy and UAB. Blazers as I said, don't lose in Birmingham too often. 74-66 the final there in a game that stays under. And uh, that is a final outside of uh, La Tech holding off Western Kentucky. Got down to one point, their lead. They led that wire to wire, and they avenge a home loss in Ruston, Louisiana by beating the Hilltoppers on their home court 80 or 90-84 to the final there. Ken Thompson and Andy Isco, AI, let's get to the question right off the bat. Would you take the top three teams right now in the polls, the men's poll, would you take Houston, Purdue, and UConn against the field? What's the price? Even up. Even up. Okay, even money both ways? Yep, even or money minus both 120 ways. On the field. Probably minus 120 on the field if you're going to do it that way. I would tend to take the field. Uh, now, I know it started a number of years ago, South Point, uh, I think it was actually in early February, right after the Super Bowl perhaps, would put up groupings of uh, four teams. And you could choose, will the NCAA tournament winner come from you know, Group A, Group B, Group C, Group D, and other sports have done that as well. I haven't looked for them again at, at this point this year. And once the tournament comes out, they'll have certain matchups as well. But you've got you know, 65 teams against three. Now, of the 65 teams, uh, you can throw out, let's say, even if you throw out 50 of them, you've still got 15 teams that if things break right, they could make it into the Final Four and have a chance. I mean, who would have thought that Florida Atlantic or San Diego State last year, or even Miami of Florida, would have made it into the Final Four where they had a chance? And UConn, uh, you know, they were not a number one seed last year when they, uh, I forget what number they were seeded last year, but uh, a lot of things can happen on the way to the tournament. I know about the uh, connection with uh, Virginia and Purdue, and Purdue's in that situation this year, but I've not been overly impressed by Purdue throughout the season. They've won games, but as, as we've talked about over the last few weeks, there's really been no dominant team in college basketball this year. Teams have two, three losses at least, and sometimes even four, five, or six that are going to be highly seeded teams, so uh, I would prefer to uh, lay the minus 120 and have everybody going against the field. There you go. All right. There it comes from the original AI. I can't argue with that. It's uh, you know, it's hard to not think that one of those three teams, if not two of them, and maybe all three of them could be in the final four. They all look like they're shoo-ins to be number one seeds because they all have three losses. And then you look on down, everybody's got six losses or more. Uh, so it looks like they have, you know, pretty good stranglehold as far as getting a number one seed. But like you said, things can happen. You never know on injuries. You never know on uh, conference tournaments, how things come into play. So it'll be interesting. Keeping an eye on that Drake-Illinois-Chicago game. Drake leads at 209 to go in the second overtime, 98-96. Uh, St. John's putting away Wade of, Butler. Of, Good. of those three teams, 
I would probably put Purdue third, and it's difficult for me to decide, do I want to put UConn ahead of Houston or Houston ahead of UConn? UConn's a defending champ. They've been very consistent all year. They've got a lot of talent on that team, and they are extremely well coached, and I like the way that they bounced back last week after they uh, suffered that, uh, that, that lopsided loss to Creighton. They came back with a big effort over the weekend. Houston, remember, this is their first year uh, playing in the uh, Big 12, their first time going to these various venues, and they've been outstanding defensively all season uh, in a conference that has generally featured a lot of offense from uh, uh, the other, especially the established members, and yet they've been able, I, I don't know if it's still true, but I know for a while this season they were leading the nation in both uh, field goal uh, percentage defense and points per game, so Houston is a legitimate team, and of course they've got some uh, experience, and Purdue, I think the key to Purdue is if you can stop Edie, you can stop the Purdue Boilermakers. Yeah, well, that's easier said than done. He has been very smart and uh, very deliberate. He's taken his time and, and really stays out of foul trouble, AI, unless he uh, you know gets caught out of position, which doesn't happen plus, too by often. The, plus, by the way, I don't think the Big 12 has been all that outstanding as a conference this year. You mean the Big 10? Or... I'm, I'm sorry, the Big 10. Yeah, the Big 10. Yeah, because the Big 12 has been lights out. Uh, the Big 12 t- has been outstanding, and you know, that's, that's why you sort of say, okay, Kansas isn't as great as they've been, but the whole conference below them has gotten better. Yeah, no doubt. Now, a game that I'm looking at this weekend is Baylor at home in Waco, and they lost that tough game against Houston in overtime after coming all the way back last Saturday. But I'm not sold McCuller with the knee injury is going to be rushed back at all by Bill Self knowing that's a tough game, I would look at Baylor to take out Kansas in that game. Nothing against the Jayhawks, and they're a good, solid team. But, you know, when you're playing without one of your better players, and this will be five games now that they just finished up without McCuller, yes, you're getting used to not having him in the lineup, but it doesn't make you a better team. may help you when he comes back. If he comes back strong, gives you a little more depth because other guys are getting more minutes than they normally would. But Kansas, to me, they better have McCuller or they're not going to go very far. Yeah, I agree for uh, uh, for the for the prospects going forward. But Kansas has followed every loss this year with a uh, a win, and of course they're coming off that upset. Uh, I guess it was yeah last night. So uh, you look at uh, the, um, uh, the the overall the Big Ten standings. Clearly, it's an important game for both teams. In fact, both teams will enter the game uh, nine and six in uh, in conference play, which has them tied for the third seed behind Houston and uh, Iowa State, who are a couple of games ahead of them. Uh, Houston three losses, Iowa State four losses, and Kansas Baylor at six. So it should be a competitively priced game. I'll be interested to see what the line is. I haven't done my power ratings, but I certainly, especially with the injury on Kansas, I could see Baylor being a very small favorite. And you have to like the way that they did rally against Houston. Of course, you have to be disappointed in the way they started that game against Houston because I know that Baylor was a very popular play in your contest last week as well as with a lot of the other players who aren't in the contest and were betting the game. Uh, And so they had to be very disappointed with the way the game turned out. But, you know, if the game had uh, uh, unfolded a little bit more competitively early and then played out the way it did, Baylor certainly had a good chance. I'm I'm looking forward to watching that game. I'm not sure I can bet that game, though. There you go. Andy, another uh, story. You talked about FAU last year and making that run to the Final Four. But out of that same conference right there in the American, 
is a team from Tampa, South Florida, the Bulls. This team all of a sudden finds themselves on a huge winning streak and finding ways to win tough games, including that game at home against Florida Atlantic just a little bit ago. Follow that up with a win at UTSA. No big deal there, but then coming home and beating SMU. So that's pretty impressive. They sit 14-1 and in the American, and that's pretty good stuff. I mean, they have the one-point win at Memphis, which is pretty solid as well. And I believe that's the uh, – yeah, that's the only time that they will have had to play the Tigers. They close at Charlotte with Tulane at home and at Tulsa. A good chance to win those last three games, although Charlotte at home won't be easy. Uh, but this team right now sitting at 21-5 and with a chance to go 24-5 and in the regular season. Very impressive stuff. No blowout big wins. I mean, a nice win against Loyola Chicago by a, a Baker's dozen. And they also beat Florida State out of the ACC by 16 earlier in the year. So uh, nothing to uh, hang your head about. One of their losses at UAB by four. And again, Andy Kennedy's team got beat there again tonight. But they don't lose too often. They lost at UMass to Frank Martin's team. And that's a good, solid squad. So this is a uh, a Bulls team that has really stepped out after dropping four of their first six. I mean, they have just been on fire. They have won, uh, let me see, they have won 19 of their last 20 games. Yeah, 13 in a row. And you know, I've been on this team periodically throughout the uh, the season. I was on them a few weeks ago. I think it was maybe two Sundays ago when they were at home getting points from Florida Atlantic, and uh, uh, they won that game straight up, which was which was nice. And yeah, they're they you know I don't know that they are a dark horse to win the NCAA tournament, and they'll probably be maybe uh, you might still favor Florida Atlantic to win the conference tournament, but South Florida will probably be no worse than second, certainly no lower than third choice in that conference, and I think probably, especially if they continue to win out the regular season and end up with just that one conference loss, they may very well be the solid favorite in that conference. So it's a nice story this year. You know, I look at that conference and a team that really I thought was going to play much better than they did considering they started the season pretty well is Memphis. They've really uh, not performed very well. They had a a lull for about uh, oh, two to three weeks. I think they've leveled off. I think they're something like five and five in their last ten games after uh, after being significantly below that over a ten game stretch. So that's a team that's disappointed. SMU has been another team that I've had success with uh, when I've decided to go on them. I haven't played against them very often, and uh, that's a team I think that if I was if I was going to look at a, uh, a dark horse in that conference tournament, I might look at SMU. What's your take on San Diego State? Because Dutcher, with the team uh, getting experience again, losing you know a bunch of starters off that squad, but Ladie is fun to watch, and uh, these kids buy in. They do play defense. And that's the whole thing. We're talking with Ted Leitner, the voice of the Aztecs, the other night. I mean, that's the thing with Dutcher is he does not get bad, get get too mad, even if you take an ill-advised three, as long as you make sure your butt gets back on defense. That's what he preaches, and and he knows that's big time going forward. And he knows he's going to work on cutting down possessions, especially when taking on a team that does like to run and gun. How much experience did the Aztecs gain last year with the remaining players? that are still on Dutcher's squad that will give them an advantage going into the tournament this year. Well, 
how it is that, that they've been the premier team in the conference for the better part of the past uh, decade, both under Steve Fisher and Steve Fisher, and now again under under Dutcher. They have some nice wins this year. Uh, the win over St. Mary's, I think that was here in Vegas back in uh, in November. Uh, win over a decent Washington team, a decent Cal team that they have before getting into uh, play. Then, now surprisingly, they did lose at Grand Canyon, which is a, a better team than uh, a lot of people may have realized. But you know, they had some nice wins. They you know, stepped up in class against uh, uh, Stanford. Well, Stanford only because they're in the Pac-12. And Gonzaga, of course, that win against uh, uh, Gonzaga at the uh, end of uh, uh, December, which was up in Spokane, uh, was a nice win. So they've got confidence. They've got some good quality wins. And, uh, you know, I, I would not be surprised, uh, not knowing where the standings are going to end up, but they're probably going to be separated one through seven by maybe two to three games between the best team and the weakest team of the seven. Wouldn't be surprised if San Diego State will be the favorite to win the conference tournament. Yeah, and we look at the way that Kentucky's playing and getting up and down, and we talked about, uh, Mark and I talked about the win that they got last night coming back from double digits down early against Mississippi State in Starkville in a game that, realistically Mississippi State had to have just to have any hope at in that large spot but Kentucky sitting at 19 and 8 right now but they do have that home loss when they dropped three in a row to Gonzaga and that kind of turned my head a little bit on the Zags and what a solid coach Mark Few is because this Zag team to me not the same squad or even close to the same squad that we've seen year in year out when they've had those big time players like a Timmy or uh, there's several others, but they have, you know, Nemhard's pretty good point guard. They've got a couple decent players, uh, but that was a nice win to go down to Rupp Arena and get that W. That showed me that the Zags are still alive. St. Mary's losing, uh, you know, their their big guy Jefferson, their most athletic player. That probably is going to hurt not only uh, down the stretch here when they play Gonzaga in the finale of the regular season, but also in the WCC tournament that could come into play. And then St. Mary's very shorthanded right now, Randy Bennett's squad, uh, you know, six and a half deep to say, I mean, realistically, they, they, they don't even really go seven deep. Uh, you'll have seven guys, eight guys play, but realistically guys that can do something with the basketball on the offensive side of things. There's probably six guys there for the Gales that can do it. But again, Randy Bennett, a very clever coach and Mark Few, another good one as well. So it should be a lot of fun as we move on into March. And of course have all those tournaments here in the Vegas Valley and Andy, the last year of the Pac-12 tournament right here in Vegas. It is unbelievable as mindset comes to play. Talking to Roxy Bernstein, and I'll have some others on. I'm waiting for Casey Jacobson to come on, who played for Stanford, of course. And, you know, to see the uh, the demise and the, the breakdown of the Pac-12, it's, it's tough. I think I said Pac-10, but Pac-12 and uh, was Pac-10, and, of course, Pac-8 when it started. So, uh Boy, it's just going to be tough, man, to uh, watch that go away. And that'll be one less tournament in Vegas unless somebody else moves here. And it wouldn't surprise me there either. But uh, your take as far as the Pac-12, this being the final regular season. Well, I was going to comment on that Gonzaga game because they're playing at San Francisco tomorrow, and actually, we saw the line Gonzaga open four and a half. It's been bet down already to three and a half, and over at Circa, it's down to three. So a lot of people are looking at San Francisco, maybe because part of it is I think their next game Gonzaga. Don't they play St. Mary's yes. on uh, was it Saturday? 
And maybe it's a bit of a look-ahead, but Gonzaga can't really afford a look-ahead because they're no cinch to be in the tournament. They're likely going to be in if they don't win the tournament as an at-large team. So, you know, maybe now that this game is down to three, maybe it's worth looking at Gonzaga. Uh, I was was hoping to get more than four and a half and look towards San Francisco because I think maybe the money coming in is on perhaps a little bit of a look-ahead. But And and in years past when Gonzaga was clearly the team to beat in the conference, it would be a look-ahead. I don't think that's the case, so I'd be careful about that game tomorrow. As far as I was concerned, go go ahead. No, no, I was going to say I will have a a play from a a buddy of mine uh, who's got a big play for Saturday uh, that actually concerns one of the teams we've been talking about, but I won't give it out as of yet. But go ahead, and then we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and finish things yeah. up. I was going to say, you know, the Pac-12 is, uh, is very competitive. I know that we'll probably get a chance to talk a little bit uh, about the uh, uh, the conference, and you know, Utah's got a big game uh, tomorrow night. Uh, UCLA had started to play well, but uh, you know, then they lost that big revenge game against Utah a couple of Sundays ago, so they're sitting in the middle of the pack. Arizona, probably the best team, and you know, Washington State, that's an interesting uh, game coming up tomorrow night against uh, against SC, and you know, Oregon sitting there in third, so there's really no real outstanding team team uh, in the Pac-12. It's, uh, again, Arizona leads with four losses, so you know that's usually not what we're accustomed to seeing. We're usually accustomed to seeing it, whether it be Arizona or UCLA or on occasion some other team, usually end up with uh, two losses in the Pac-12 regular season. So uh, you know, I might take a look, especially at the Oregon State and the Washington State teams, because they're the ones that feel abandoned by the rest of the conference, and they may make a move, especially Washington State, as far as uh, uh, the conference tournament goes, because they're good enough uh, to win the Pac-12 tournament. I'm not so sure about Oregon State, and uh, uh, Oregon State's about to get underway, I guess, uh, in a few minutes in their game tonight uh, against um, uh, Oregon. At Oregon, it's a 14-point game, open 11, up to 14. Uh, I'd like to take Oregon State on the road, but, uh, you know, we're seeing what's happening with uh, uh, with Arizona State in a similar situation, and they're at home. So, But I would look in the tournament, I might look to see Oregon State, especially in their opening games when they're not going to be playing, I think, one of the elite teams in the conference, and uh, uh, to a lesser extent, Washington State will be one of the favorites to uh, perform well in their final uh, game against uh, their, their, the rivals who are abandoning them for uh, supposedly greener pastures. There you go. All right, final break coming up. SportsX Radio will wrap things up right after this. 101.5 FM Don streaming live on that Worldwide Odyssey app. Mark Hoke takes us to break. We'll be right back live from Vegas. Mark Hoke, baby, just keeps on spinning those hits. You never know what you're going to get. A little see you later, alligator Bill Haley and his comets. We are uh, live all over here at PSR Law Studios in Las Vegas. Ken Thompson, the original AI, Andy Isco, still with me as we finish out the last six minutes here. And, uh, again, uh, lots of college basketball, wall-to-wall. Let me just update some scores before I close things out with Andy. Uh, in the association, boy, I'll tell you, Dallas came back and took care of business in a big way. And I believe they 
did get the cover. Yeah, they get the win in the cover against the Raptors, 136-125. Game flies over, and they cover the 3.5. T-Wolves win by 9, but they were laying 13.5 at home against the Grizz. 110-101 game stays. It actually gets over the total by a point. Total was 210-210.5 some places and hits 211. And then uh, the big game, the Pacers, 123-114. Pelicans having a ton of trouble getting out of New York, Madison Square Garden. They played the Knicks last night and then uh, playing trouble. So they didn't get uh, into their hotel till after 6 a.m. over there in Indianapolis. And they end up wire to wire. The Pacers cover that four. No problem. Meanwhile, college basketball rolling on down. And this Texas A&M team, what a disappointment they are. And uh, they cost me tonight. They came back, took a brief lead, but end up losing by a deuce at home to South Carolina. And again, got to give the Gamecocks credit. This team just find ways to, finds ways to win. But that is a game that A&M had to have to go to 16-12. and 12. Now they dropped to 15-13. and 13. The only way they're getting in the tournament is by winning the SEC tournament. It was probably going to be that way anyway. Meanwhile, Creighton blowing out Seton Hall 80-15. 56-322 left in Omaha, Illinois by 6 now with 6.19 to go. 85-79 lead Minnesota. Bama's lead down to 4 in Oxford. They were up 9. 10.27 still to go. 65-61. Uh, Oates leading Chris Beard's uh, Rebels there. And all Arizona 34-19. 3.28 to go. Tempe first half. Arizona looking to sweep ASU, who's not putting up much of a fight. Oregon State at Oregon. Only game yet to tip off. It is the Ducks minus 14 under Dana Altman. 136-year total against Wayne Tinkle and Oregon State. All right, Andy. Uh, Drake, by the way, leads Illinois-Chicago. Triple overtime. 106-102 with 57 seconds left. They're laying 8.5. Boy, if they ever covered that and yet Illinois-Chicago, that'd be one of those horrendous beats. We talk about them all the time. On the ice real quick, the Rangers, I believe, did get a win, and uh, they did 4-1 to one against Columbus. And 2-2, uh, two to two, Edmonton and St. Louis, that game now 10-15 to go in the third period. Blues got both their goals early in the first period for a 2 nothing lead, but Edmonton countered with one in the uh, first period and got another one to get the equalizer. 2-2, 10-15 to go third period. All right, AI, just a couple minutes. Uh, let's get into some of the games for tomorrow. What about that Nebraska-Ohio State game I threw at Mark? It was 2.5. It's up to 3.5 now. won't surprise me if it goes up to 5 by the time it closes. I think Ohio State takes care of business. Where are you? By the way, you want another SEC team that's more disappointing than Texas A&M? How about Arkansas? Oh, uh, yeah, that's, that's true. Muscleman squad struggling big time. Yes, good call. 5-10 and 10 in conference, 14-14 overall, and they were a highly regarded team. I think they've made a whole bunch of sweet 16s in a row. They're not going to make the tournament this year because they're not going to win the SEC uh, tournament. As far as Nebraska and Ohio State goes, that was a nice win that Ohio State had coming from behind at Michigan State the other day. So clearly uh, the coaching uh, uh, change has has been positive. Nebraska, I was on them uh, Sunday. I think it was against uh, Minnesota. They won pretty comfortably. It was their 20th win of the season. They'll be, uh, they'll be in the tournament for the first time in a long time. Uh, I know the early money is coming in on Ohio State. Uh, my numbers say the game should be closer to a pick because I do respect what Hoiberg has done at Nebraska this year, so I, I probably can't play the game, although when I, the other thing I take a look at is even, you know, and of course a lot of us before the coaching change, Ohio State 3-7 and seven in their last 10 games, Nebraska 7-3, and three, they've won four in a row, uh, so I don't like to go against a hot streak, and I normally look at taking the points in such a situation when the number uh, moves against them, uh, sort of disrespecting what they're what they're doing. So it's a game I'm going to enjoy watching. Uh, I might learn some. I'll probably learn a little bit more about Ohio State tomorrow than I will about Nebraska. All right, pick any game for our listeners. Last week you gave out Tarleton State. 
lot of people played that game, including uh, Mr. Milano that sent me that email to thank you. So I'm waiting for the Andy Isco special to make our listeners some money for tomorrow night. Oh, I appreciate the uh, the thanks. Uh, I don't have one that I'm quite as confident in as I was in uh, that one last week. And nice, nicely enough, Tarleton didn't have a letdown. They won their next game, and uh, they're going to Utah Tech. Uh, uh, they're a small favorite in that one. They beat them easily. But I'm going to go to the Utah-Stanford game, and I think the line right now is about Utah by 6.5 or 7. Uh, you know, uh, haven't seen the latest updates. Uh, it's a revenge game for Utah. Probably not going to make the tournament this year unless they uh, make it into the conference finals and end up with a nice record, but they're below 500 in conference right now. I think they're 6-9. and nine. I think Stanford's 6-10, and 10, something like that. Uh, Stanford won by 6 the first time. Uh, Utah, strong home court, 12-2 and two straight up overall. Stanford has been slumping lately. Lost four in a row, 3-7 and seven overall in their last 10. Uh, they're 3-6 and six, uh, on the road this year, which is uh, not very good, although when you're getting points, this straight up record doesn't mean anything. I'm going to go with Utah. The altitude generally works to their advantage and they've shown that they can play some pretty good basketball when things are working well, and especially at home where, uh, uh, where they've been uh, one of the better teams in college basketball for a number of years. There you go. You got it from the original AI. I will let you know that that line has climbed up to 8.5, but the Utes getting the money, and Andy Isco was on it before it moved. That'll do it for us on a Wednesday 11, night. So 8.5 is fine. All right, good enough. We'll stay with it. Andy Isco says play Utah anyway. That'll do it on a Wednesday tomorrow, throwback Thursday. Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving, most of all. God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, PSR Law Studios, it is SportsX Radio. I am Ken Thompson. Thanks to Mark Hoke, Mark Lawrence, Andy Isco, and you, the listeners. Till tomorrow night, have a great evening. God bless. Good night, everybody.